Welcome back to the Yuppie Chef Foodie Chat Show. And today we are here with an absolute Yuppie Chef legend, Mr. Shane Dryden himself, one of the co-founders. We're going to be talking to him a little bit about the history of Yuppie Chef, um, you know, about kitchen tools in general, how it's all started and what the future might be for Yuppie Chef as a company and what are some of our goals. So Shane, welcome to the, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nick. Good yeah. to be here. Great. So we, you know, we obviously we know each other. We're not. It's not a first time thing. But uh, even I don't know the whole story about Jappy Chef, about some of the thinking behind it. I know the basics, and I'd love to just hear from you um, how it all started. You know, what, why kitchen tools specifically? Yeah, it, it really did start kind of by accident. Um, Andrew, one of the other co-founders, we ran a web business together, so we designed websites for other people. Um, and we decided that we actually wanted to stop doing work for, for other people and we wanted to build something that um, we owned. And we started, we entered into the world of e-commerce. Um, and Yappy Chef was really just one of, the, one of the sites that we were going to start. Our plan was to, to start many different sites and to sell many different things. Uh, and we kind of got, this was number three, and we got stuck on it. And yeah. 10 years later, uh, we are very much in the game and very much still um, involved in making it happen. But uh, it started originally by us going to a chef friend and okay. asking her what her 12 top uh, kitchen tools were. What her name and shame? Who is she? Uh, her name was Sophia Lindop uh, from Cape Town. And uh, we went to her and said, like, what are the top? 12 tools that you use in your kitchen okay and um, and she was kind of like yeah you know pots and pans and knives and it's a couple of things but what, I, what really got me excited is the new pair of tongs that i've just received from a friend from overseas and mm. that was a pair of qz pro tongs so the thing that started it off really was a pair of qz pro tongs um and they're kind of locking tongs and really good quality when you when you pick them up particularly at that time uh you pick them up and you realize this was a international brand a quality that we're not necessarily mm. familiar with um, yeah. in south africa and she had a friend send them to her from overseas and we when, when i held them in my hand i saw the brand and i realized this sounds really familiar qz pro and it kind of uh, reminded me of the brand name that my friend up in Joburg was telling me about that they had just secured um, and they had just started bringing them into the country. So uh, at that point, we realized that there was this gap between people sort of knowing the brands and knowing where to, where to find them. There, there seemed to be a bit of a gap, uh, a bit of a supply gap. So we thought, wow, this would be really good for us to, to start a company that was sourcing the best, the very best from around the world, um, working with local suppliers, but basically making them available to yeah. To, to the country and doing it through e-commerce. Do you think that at that time, when you were, obviously because you were looking for a sustainable business, you were looking for something that you thought was going to sell well, but having a good idea also needs to be paired with obviously demand for a product. At that time, 10 years ago, was there, did, was there a big foodie culture in South Africa that you thought, hey, this is either going to take off or is taking off or we want to piggyback this wave? Because I know obviously nowadays with all the master chefs and all that stuff out there, it's sort of making cooking like it's making cooking cool again yeah, for, for yeah. to do after work. Was that something that was in place or did, was that just a, you kind of got lucky? We, we definitely did get lucky. I mean, this whole thing was fueled by an interest. Um, I wanted to be a chef when I was at school and my work experience was, uh, you know, I went to a catering company for a week. Um, <laughs> but but that at that time, you know, chefing was, it wasn't the best career choice. I mean, it, it, if you wanted to make lots of money, you're not going to become yeah, a chef. Yeah. But I was very much into... Uh, the Jamie Oliver watching The Naked mm. Chef which was definitely at that time uh, really popular and food television 
that time wasn't, I mean, it was there, but it certainly isn't at the place that it is no, now. No, not like today. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a strategic business decision. You know, this is going to be the next big trend. It was purely fueled mm. by what's going to, what are we going to be interested in? What's going to, what do we have a passion for? Yeah. Uh, so it started out of, out of passion and we didn't start as experienced chefs or people who you know used to run restaurants and yes. now we want to start we, we started as tech guys really um and uh yeah so that that's that's sort of the early early stages um so quite a different i guess a different approach to it uh as we've as as things have progressed we've realized how big an industry it actually is yes and going into it um you know there's you said you had to set the business up well, you know, you you did, you went in. I'm assuming from what I, you know, the history that I know and knew before I worked here. What was like? Did you did you intentionally go for? We want to be premium. We want to be top of the range. You don't want to be a middle of the road discount store, mom and pop kind of shop. Why was that decision made to be a premium retailer? I think I think at the time, the general feeling that people had about kitchen tools was, you know, the best way I can describe it is like stainless steel pots and pans. Like there's like super boring, super clinical, uh, sort of utilitarian style. There was there was no sense of lifestyle behind it, and and, and I was looking at what Jamie Oliver was was um, sort of projecting and the lifestyle of cooking that yeah. he was projecting. You know, I remember the Naked Chef. You know, he's cooking at home. It was his friends were coming over. It was that whole sense of like entertaining. This is very much a lifestyle, a community. It's, yeah, it's a community thing. It's not. It is not just boring sort of stainless steel pots and pans. Yeah. So our, our initial selection was very much about trying to find really cool uh, kitchen tools. So, I mean, one of our lines was like, I, I can't even remember how ridiculous it was, but, you know, kitchen gadgets for like super cool, whatever. And I, like it was just, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And our, yeah. our um, strap line at the time was cooking good. So like a play on looking good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much about showing off, like even if you're not the greatest cook, uh, have some really cool, uh, kitchen tools have a really great knife have a really great frying pan i mean you add those two things to a kitchen it is going to change your yeah, whole kitchen absolutely. experience yeah so that's what it was about it wasn't about gathering professional chefs together and and supplying them with great stuff yes. it was about getting people excited um about being in the kitchen and largely due to having great great gear to work with so it's aimed at the 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 home enthusiast not like the professional i you know i work in a kitchen as a chef 24 7 this is like Giving the the same tools to home enthusiasts. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so it's a lot of it. We obviously still stock a lot of. I mean, the majority of our stock is still international brands mm. and and stuff. But we lately, over the last few years, we've been making a bit of a shift towards producing our own equipment. What was the thinking behind that move? Yeah. So we 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 have certainly over the last few years been moving in that direction and producing a Yappy Chef range um and just to say when, when i mean by that i mean a, a range of products that are branded yappy chef that yes. we have we have gone out and sourced um and part of that is because uh we thought it'd be cool to do mm-hmm. um and it's something that we wanted to to actually uh we feel that we have you know in terms of reputation there is something about the yappy chef brand and to put that uh, on products that we love uh we love doing that and we think that people uh would respond well to that um, so we, we started the we started the process a few years ago of actually sourcing great products, getting branding them with Yappy Chef as almost a I guess a, a brand of approval. Like this is a great product, and the whole intention to be able to to provide it to our customers at 
great products at, at great value. So it is very much part of our core range, what we refer to as our core range. And uh, you, if you if you purchase our Yappy Chef products, you should be able to kit your kitchen out really, really well with the basics. Uh, with the basics, yeah. Um, and it's not going to cost you an arm and leg. Um, yeah. It's certainly not. We haven't aimed for super cheap. This is not about that. That's not our market. Mm. But it is great products that are great at great value, which is important to us. So I think that is important, especially with the brand that we've built as as Yappy Chef is one that is, is seen as being a premium brand. And so, was there ever like thoughts about um, like putting your name onto onto something. You know what I mean? Like, because now it's not you're not just representing other brands. You now are putting your name on. Hey, we back this product. Yes. What are some of the, you know, because that could be a dangerous thing to go down if those products aren't great necessarily. So how did we mitigate that risk? Yeah, it certainly is. And there have been times where we sit with a product and we say, is this is this good enough? Um, yeah. And there's a lot of products that that we felt haven't made the made the grade. Uh, we do, you know, within the company, we do a lot of cooking. We do, uh, you know, you come you come and join us at any stage of a lunch. There's people cooking in the mm-hmm. kitchen, so we we do put our products through a testing phase. Uh, we don't always get it right. But we do believe when we do make that decision, first up, that we're putting putting our brand on a product that we do believe in. This is not just about slapping a brand on a product so we can ship it out as fast as we can. This uh, We take it very seriously. And uh, we take the reviews of our products really seriously and the feedback that we get from customers. And if something is not performing or hasn't hasn't met the standard, like we, we will we deal with that if, um, effectively. So it is about uh, if you buy a Yuppie Chef product, uh, something that we have chosen to have under the Yappy Chef brand, it is about uh, going, being able to purchase it with a sense of trust. And if for any reason uh, you're not satisfied with that product, we will, you know, you can exchange it or re- we'll refund you or whatever mm. it is. It's very much about you being absolutely convinced that this is a great product. That's great. Mm. So, within the range, how big is the, the sort of, you know, inverted commas, own brand? How big is that range currently? Uh, <laughs> That's a good question. I actually can't tell you the exact number. Um, we, you know, I can tell you the categories that we're mm. in. You know, we, we've got um, we've got categories like prep tools, which is all about you know basic utensils, uh, things like uh, bamboo utensils. We have uh, scissors, uh, peeler, uh, pestle and mortar. Uh, we've got a great serveware range, um, which go, goes from crockery all the way through to. Um, to ovenware, uh, there is a bar, a barware range. Um, there is help me here, Nick. Baking, well, yeah, baking range. So we we try to c- cover all of our major our major categories, yeah. um, and those are growing. And we have uh, we're trying to grow them as much as as much as we can uh, to represent at least uh, the, the core range and the core basics. Yeah, and I, I know that I recently got married a couple of months mm. ago, and I know that was one of the first things we went to on the on our registry that we set up with, with Yuppie Chef because it's, it's such, it's also good looking stuff. It's mm. like high quality stuff, the cutlery, the crockery, it's all those basics. When you're setting up a home like we were, you know, it's, a, it's the perfect range because it's well priced mm. um, and it's good quality, solid stuff. So there is, yeah, and you can, you know, you've got the basics, like you said, you can kit out your home with that, but then you also do have those one or two gadgets that are also nice to have. But really you could kit out a kitchen fully just on our own brand. Yes. Range, which we mainly did obviously because yeah. we work here it's yeah, nice yeah. for me to you know, get, you know get that kind of stuff but yeah so I think that that it is it's a broader range people might think because they don't you know when they're shopping online they're looking for specific things they might think oh they've got a their own brand peeler but they don't yes. actually realize oh that's one of like 100 products or 50 products or however many you know that we yeah. actually are yeah, doing, doing our own so what is 
in that range, what are some of the big success stories that have gone like, geez, we didn't even realize this was going to be such a good seller. Like this is flying off the shelves or, you know, what are some of the, some of those sort of yeah. success stories? So, so the first, our first journey into, into own brand, which is, it was very risky because you, you must understand that you, when you start this process, you're dealing with, you know, manufacturers, international manufacturers, their minimum order quantities are, are pretty big. Yeah. And so you've got to really be confident that a product's yeah. going to, going to work um, and so our first was was the the Yapishev letterpress cookie set mm-hmm. which which is you know it's, it's basically you, you can customize the wording on your on your um, yeah. cookies that you make and that was was something which uh, was a really fun product and it, mm-hmm. it did extremely extremely well um, and uh, you can if you're looking for it now it's still on the site um, but there, yeah, that that really was. I guess if we hadn't maybe hadn't had that original success, yeah. I'm not sure how further we would have gone. But <laughs> uh, it was something that said, "Wow, this is really great. People love this. We've managed to do this, mm. um, and we were able to then add add on to that." Uh, we have other things like our pestle and mortar, which is just a great solid pestle and mortar, which yeah. has done extremely well. Yeah, and um, I'm actually yeah. buying one of those this weekend for a friend oh, who's okay. getting married. Okay, so. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So you know how how excited can you get about a pestle and mortar? Well, we get very excited excited about it um, the other thing is our cutlery which is a you know often it's fi- it's really difficult to find a good solid basic mm. um, sort of everyday cutlery set and um, I think we went through the the process of developing that and when it actually finally arrived from the factory we were so excited about yeah. it because they, they had actually done an even better job on the packaging that we that than we expected and so it's just those kind of things um have done really well mm. and um, we've got a great response from our customers with those. So we'll continue to do those and, and variations of those types of things. Yeah. I think for me, um, like people who don't, this is a podcast, audio, people don't know what we look like. Mm. So uh, six foot seven, I'm a big dude. And like the thing that I love about, I know this sounds so lame because we're tooting our own horn on our own podcast. I mean, <laughs> how, like how lame can you be? But really, the thing I genuinely love about our, our cutlery is it's heavy. Like it feels yeah. like weighty enough that it's a solid, it's like solidly made. It's not like, it doesn't feel like that light, you know, light stainless steel, like it's going to, I don't know, you don't know if yeah, it's going to break, yeah. but it feels like it's, you know, when things have weight, they feel like they're quality. Like they haven't, you know, it's like those, you know, you used to get those old Easter eggs. They used a solid chocolate and now you get those thin shells. They just yeah. don't feel the same. It's like yeah. that, you know, yeah. you can tell quality almost by how it feels, you know, when you pick it up and yeah. I mean, you do that. And, and just the process of that. I mean, I remember being involved in that selection process and there were a whole range of different uh, samples that we had got from yeah. from different factories and it was very much about you know pick pick up each one are the are the edge how does it feel in your hand is mm. the, is the weight correct and and i think if people had to sort of watch us doing that it it, it definitely seems a bit sort of geeky and <laughs> and extreme but those things are really important you know what's the balance of the fork in your hand and then once you've made your selection it's like okay how do we brand this product mm. and 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 you go through a whole process of okay what is the what does yapishev look like on the on the blade and and do we center it do we you know left or right align? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. how big should it be and you go through a whole process many different iterations of trying to come up with the best way of branding it sure. uh, because th- those things are really really important and when I go to um, any sort of restaurant uh, people laugh at me because the first thing I do is I pick up the cup and saucer so <laughs> and uh, see what brand it is yeah, sure. I see you know and you get to know sort of brands and, and how they're branding how, how a simple plate and saucer are branded those mm. things are really important yeah you do you come awfully brand aware mm. when you work mm. with the tools yeah. a lot like that do you think that the you know when you're saying about the, the the high order quantities and stuff do you think that that also forces you you know like geez if we're going to order a thousand five thousand whatever of these items 
we've got to make sure this is going to sell. So that also yeah. probably is another checkpoint for going, okay, is this actually going to be a good quality product? Like yes. we're going to put our name on this, but also not just our name, our money's behind this, you know, like we need to make sure this is good. Exactly. And, and it's, and one of the things that we, we are realizing more and more that our, our fans and our customer base are, they are as passionate about these things as we are. And uh, we have a review club coming up in this, this review um, session next week. We're going to be, uh, we've got a whole lot of questions we're asking and we've got some samples and we want to get feedback from, mm. from people before we even make that final selection because mm. we want this to be about uh, products that are almost uh, selected and that selection process has been has been uh, our customers our super fans have actually helped us with that selection process so it's very important when that product lands is that this is not this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody mm. almost it seems like a natural natural extension of our of our range and something that mm. feels very yeah very natural to to the brand and, and what we're trying to do okay and mm. so tell me about realistically we've been doing this for a couple of years we don't have a hundred percent success rate, you know, like you will make, you will have misses. What are some of the learnings you found out through this process of going like, wow, we, we thought this would do better than it did. Or what are some of the things that we, you, you know, like knowledge that you have now that informs decisions that you're going to make in future about, you know, yeah. what are we going to buy? What kind of stuff? I think, you know, one of the challenges as a, as a buyer is you often have your own personal preferences mm, yeah. and it's, you've got to, you've got to put those aside. And I know that in our earlier range, Selections. I was very, I was very passionate about certain things, yeah. and I can say now, actually, they were probably a little bit too niche, or not everybody likes that particular style. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to actual tools, like prep tools, I really like to go super basic. So it's got to be, it's got to be rigid, like solid. But I don't like any frills. I tend to, I personally tend to stay away from like silicon handles, mm. or I tend, I tend to go more stainless steel, more very much like I, I guess it might be a, a sort of utilitarian, minimalistic yes, sort of yeah. vibe. Not everybody likes that. So mm. uh, when you say, for example, you know, you're choosing a set of, uh, I'm just using this example, it didn't really happen, but um, you know, like. Uh, measuring cups mm. now the measuring cups that people love are the ones with the silicon handles mm. I really like the ones without silicon handles just plain stainless steel yeah. um, so you've got to learn to put those things aside so it is about uh, you know sometimes I've, I've walked around the building gone to people's desks and asked them so out of these four things which one do you think is the coolest Yeah. and those are not necessarily the same that I, I think all the other buyers you know, other buyers have, have thought. And so just to get feedback from our own our own team members is, mm. is really important. And then, of course, our customers. So so we, we want to do a lot more of that because um, I think that you, you know, what we think is cool is not necessarily what everyone else thinks is is, is cool and ready for the market. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, so someone who you said you grew up kind of watching Jamie Oliver, you drew a lot of inspiration from him and from, you know, I'm sure a number of other sources and cooks and whatever sources. But, um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> what are, you know, even as an entrepreneur, where do you get inspiration from? Inspiration for cooking tools, inspiration for business. Where are you looking to, to for inspiration to go, hey, I want to grow this company, but also in terms of product ranges and stuff, like where are you looking? Where do you get your inspiration from? I think I, I definitely spend a lot of time looking at what other people are doing. Um, and there's a lot of great 
companies, uh, international companies that are doing very similar things to us, mm. uh, and, and and definitely on a much bigger scale. Their market is much bigger, and, uh, and and so definitely drawing inspiration from from those companies. You know, seeing like in the states what William Sonoma is doing, what Sula Tarb is doing. Like, I love those two companies. I think they've done an outstanding job at representing. Uh, cooking and a passion for for cooking mm. and and so I look at those those guys definitely for for inspiration uh, and that comes down to you know what products what what are the trends that are evident over there so mm. I remember um, about two uh, th- sort of three four years ago noticing that um, a lot of like Williamson when they shot their products it would be on marble like white mm. marble and I, I'd be almost horrified at oh my goodness that's so sort of old school. Uh, in a South African context, that's not really going to work. Now you look at what's happening in South Africa now, and you see yeah. like marble is everywhere. You know, you go, you go sit at Tash's at Canal Walk, and they've got marble tables, and mm. and that that you know four or five years ago was very out. It wasn't it wasn't a trend at all. So marble is is hit in a big way, and um, those types of things you realize like other parts of the world we can gain inspiration from that. So that's I, I spend a lot of time doing that, okay. um, and just learning from them and seeing what they're up to. All right. So this obviously being our tenth year, uh, our tenth birthday is this year. Have a lot of learnings. We have a lot of experience. We still don't know everything. But what are you excited for the future? You know, for the next ten years. Like, you know, where do you see us going? What What are the things we're doing now that you like? This I would never have thought ten years ago we'd be doing this, and I'm so excited to see where it goes. Sure. That's it's a really really big question. I think, you know, it's been interesting. Even opening, you know, we opened our, our shop here. Mm. Um, at our offices and I've been really it's it's been great to see how people have responded to that and um, I think that the idea of the way that people connect with a brand and the way that people uh, experience experience a brand is not it's, it's not a you know it's not exclusively through one channel it's mm. uh, so for for us to to move in a direction where it's only online, it's only the only way that you you experience us experience us is through online is is it's definitely limiting. And mm. so you know you look at our, I mentioned our review clubs earlier, like having people in our kitchen um, testing products, reviewing them is a physical experience. And and I think we've we've definitely moved in a direction where physical is more important and actual face to face feedback, giving actual products to people to test. Um, it's not not everything can be done through, you know, through a computer screen. So mm-hmm. so I think that future and you look at even internationally like that um, that whole it's about broadening experience and broadening channels and the way you experience brands, yeah. the way that you interact with them is is changing and it's not only it's not exclusively through one channel. So for us to say you know we're an online store is cool. But there are other ways that you can interact with us as a brand, and we want to try and explore that more and more uh, as we as we go forward. Great, that is so that's so cool, and it's so cool to hear this history because often you know, like you come into a company, you you know the basics, the bare bones, but it's nice to really flesh it out and, and see where we're going as a company. So thank you so much for having this chat with me today. Cool, thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, so for everyone else, if you if you enjoy what you hear and you want to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and we'll be back shortly with another. Interesting podcast. Thanks very much.